Good morning, church family. How are you today? Listen, if you aren't aware of the amount of work and effort that have been going on around here the past few weeks, especially with these camps, you need to know there is an incredible amount of effort, work, diligence, faithfulness uh, that has gone in. And, and to everyone of you that have been a part, because a lot of you have been a part, we appreciate that, whether it's been in giving, whether it's been in serving, you guys have done incredible. And I'm going to tell you this too. What we've done this past week wouldn't take place without our teenagers. And uh, I, yes. <clears throat> and uh, we have some faithful teenagers. And uh, um, yes, very much blessed to have them. <laughs> uh, Hooks had said something about needing a sleep break. I think they need a sleep break. And so... Uh, we're going to give them some time this week and spend some time laughing and having fun. They only have two weeks left. August the 6th is right around the corner. We're two weeks out. Woo, mercy. Two weeks out, and uh, time flies when you're having fun, and it has flown this summer. Listen, I don't, I don't know um, what brought you this morning. I'm assuming that, you, that the Lord woke you up this morning and said you need to be in church. There's a word for you. That's great. But I will tell you this right here. Um, it is not a, it, it is not a, um, um, that you're here. God's brought you here today for whatever the reason. For some of you to learn, for some of you to grow, for some of you it might be to make the most important decision of your life, and that's coming to trust Jesus. And for whatever the reason that you're here, I pray that um, today that it would be carried out and God's will would be done. I hope that you turn over in the book of Proverbs. That's where we are. We're going to play a little uh, Russian roulette today with Proverbs as we are going to focus on a specific subject today. But let me say this. The word wise or wisdom is mentioned more than 100 times in the book of Proverbs itself. And the book of Proverbs was written... Um, by the authors, not just to, to help us gain wisdom, but prayerfully so that it would come a point in time when we would apply that wisdom to our life. Amen? That's very important. There are going to be a lot of amen opportunities today, just so you know that. Everything that you can imagine from relationships to marriage, uh, to friendships, to work ethic, um, parenting, I mean, you name it, is included inside of the book of Proverbs and it's included for a specific reason. But if we were to break it all down and we were to summarize it, we were to summarize the book of Proverbs, we might be able to do so by saying this, wisdom, wisdom begins with a right relationship with God. Now, I think if I go back in my life and I think about the uh-ohs, the oh my's, the I can't believe I did that moments, those times of embarrassment, the times of heartache and pain, suffering, trouble, difficulty, chaos, whatever it may be, how many of those times came, um, not because I didn't know better, not because I, I, not because I was doing what was right, but probably I was ignoring the wisdom that I knew. Are you with me? Um, and not only that, how many times as believers do we ignore God's word and we, even though we say, I love Jesus, yes I do, I love Jesus, how about you? Do we still do stupid stuff? All of you that have done something stupid this past week, I need you to stand. Don't do that, okay? Because <laughs> Why is it that we call ourselves believers, followers of Christ, 
And yet we still do stupid stuff. Why is it that we continue heading down the path of the fool when God has said, don't do that. Don't do that. I've provided you everything that you need to live the life of a wise person, yet we continue to move over here and do stuff that we know that we shouldn't do. But for us to experience the better life, an abundant life that's promised to us, that we see inside of God's Word, we've got to not only be able to obey God's Word, there has to be something within us that, that takes root, and it's that attitude of being teachable, okay? Just look at the person next to you saying, are you, are you teachable? It's really funny watching your conversations between husbands and wives. See, because what I know is regardless of what age or stage in life that you may be in, may be in there's space for growth in every one of us, amen? There's an opportunity for us to grow. You just have to be teachable. Now, this is going to start, and I'm going to move really fast in a lot of stuff today. Don't have a lot of time, um, and, uh, but I do want you to know, probably it would be really good to go back and circle and write down these verses, because I want you to, you may be, maybe be able to make a mark somewhere in your Bible about these are things in reference to, to being teachable, but, but in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, this is what Solomon writes, let the wise listen to the Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. Regardless of our age or position, there comes a time in life when we all are going to have to answer that question, am I teachable? Am I willing to be taught? Am I willing to be the student and not always the one that's the one teaching? Will I be teachable? Talking about being teachable and talking about teachability, I want to give you some today what I would consider to be some characteristics or attributes that we find inside of the book of Proverbs, okay? Can we do that? Is that okay? And I want you to, to hang with me today because I, I promise you there's something in here for every one of us. There's something in, with inside God's Word. If you've been reading along in Proverbs, where should you be at today? Proverbs chapter what? Okay, that's good. And I've been keeping up and I see where you guys are posting Proverbs. I love God's Word being posted on social media instead of just pictures of where we're vacationing and all these other things that's going on. Listen, the Bible says that God's Word doesn't return void. I had a friend of mine that's a, that's a captain with, with, uh, with a, a big airline company. And he texted me yesterday. He said, Sid, I want you to know that I've been reading every word that you've been speaking over these past um, couple of months. He said, I go back to when I was a child and my mother used to sit in her lap and she would read me a, a proverb every day. And he said, um, Sid, you know my life and you know I've not always lived by that. My first marriage was an example of the foolishness, foolish choices that I made, even though I had read those Proverbs over and over and over again. Keep posting the Proverbs because you never know who's listening. So I, I want to I, I give you some characteristics or some attributes of, of a person that has a teachable spirit or, or is teachable. And let's begin here with number one, a teachable person practices humility. A teachable person practices humility. There isn't a lot of space between humility and humiliation. One is by choice, the other is by accident. I don't know of anyone that wants, that looks forward to the opportunity to be humiliated. It's like me walking in the office and they go, and, uh, Sid, don't you think you missed something? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they go, your shirt's on backwards. I'm like, so? I'm just trying to make a statement, you know? And so... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, if you get up at four o'clock in the morning, you'd probably put your shirt on backwards too. And so, uh, or, or, or you step off the stage and your friend comes to you and said, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I just, I guess I need to let you know your zipper's been down the whole time. <laughs> what an experience. One of the funniest stories about humiliation was a friend of mine. She's gone to be with the Lord. She was a teacher, sweet, sweet lady, middle school teacher. You know how middle schoolers are. And she had to go to the restroom at one point in time. She always wore a dress. Um, she was always just, you know, refined lady. And uh, she taught modern family living for those of you that are old enough to know what that was. So she came back from class and the kids are giggling and they won't stop giggling. And she said, excuse me, there seems to be a problem, you know, and she's telling me this story. And she's laughing. And, I, and, and she said, what's the problem? And she said, nobody would say anything. They're just laughing. You know, they're, got, they're doing this and giggling and laughing. And one little kid, he was finally brave enough to raise his hand and said, ma'am, and he called her by name. He said, ma'am, I just want you to know everybody's laughing because you've got toilet paper hanging out the back of your dress. <laughs> Humiliation. Luke chapter 14, verse 7 through 14, Jesus had something to say in reference to a parable. Those attending a wedding feast were trying to grab a seat near the front of the table so that they could feel important. Are you with me? Referencing their behavior, Jesus said, listen, you might want to check yourself. You might want to check yourself because that may not be the smartest decision to, seat, to find a seat up at the front because that seat that you're trying to find may have been intended for someone else. And it'd be pretty embarrassing for somebody to come in and, and say, hey, listen, I had to ask you this, but you're going to need to move because it's intended for somebody else. And that would be terrible and humiliating. And to end up having to take a seat that might be left at the back end of the table, which leads to the point of this. Pride. Any prideful people in here? Pride leads to humiliation. Pride leads to humiliation. Proverbs 11.2 says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility, humility comes wisdom. Jesus wasn't dumb because he would go on in that story in Luke 14 to say, instead of trying to make your way to the head of the table, he said, why don't you sit at the foot of the table to begin with and the, post and the person that's hosting the party, they may come to you and say, hey, listen, I know you're seated over here, but I think I've got a better place for you to, to sit and at that moment in time, those people watching would see that you would be the one that's honored. And Jesus is saying this, humility also brings honor. It brings honor. Proverbs 29, 23 said, pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. C.S. Lewis said this in reference to humility. He said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I've used this quote before with Ann Landers. Ann Landers said one time, listen, don't accept your dog's admiration as a conclusive evidence that you're a wonderful person. <laughs> she said, well, you want a true measure of your worth, get a cat. <laughs> so those of you that are cat lovers, maybe you understand that. See, we are God's servants as his children. We've been redeemed. We've been set apart as, as, his, as his children for a specific purpose. And the gospel itself, the good news of Christ, leads us towards an attitude of humility, not pride. And in those teachable moments, the question is, are we, are we humble? Will we be humble? Will we be willing enough to receive the instruction that's being given? And this is what, Paul, this is what Solomon had to say. Pride, pride, it leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. 
Man, I hope you're making notes. Proverbs 13, 10. Second characteristic attribute I want to make mention of today is a teachable person desires to grow. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, this is what Solomon would write. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver and seek them like hidden treasure. See, a teachable person just doesn't wait for wisdom to fall from the sky, but they go searching for it. They long for it like buried treasure. I was watching just a little piece last night of Expedition Unknown where they go out and they look for these things. And in these shows, I don't know if you noticed this, but they spare no expense when it comes to personnel and when it comes to equipment, when they're searching for something. They spare no expense And yet how many times do we spend more time trying to discover what our friends are doing on Facebook than seeking after the wisdom of God and seeking to grow spiritually? See, if you want to know how much you value spiritual growth, let me just ask you a couple of questions. Here's a quick assessment. Number one, how's your prayer life? How much time do you spend talking to the Lord? How's your time in the Word? How's your relationship with other people going? What do you think about when, um, when... when I, I talk to you about your time, where do you spend your, your time? And when you get up in the morning, what's the first thing that's on your, your mind? Because if you love Jesus, there's going to be a sense of a desire, a, a hunger for growing and knowing. And it's noticeable in your conversations. You say you love Jesus, but you never talk about him except on Sunday morning. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Bless God. Praise the Lord. But your conversations at work are far from Jesus. Your conversations in the home are far, far away from anything that would be of the Lord. Not only how do you spend your time, what do you talk about? How do you spend your resources? How do you treat other people around you? Solomon would say in in Proverbs 22, 17, listen to the words of the wise and apply them to your heart, to my instruction. For it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always on your lips. I'm teaching you, yes, you. Why? Why, why, is, why is he teaching? He, he says here, so that you will trust in the Lord. This is from a wise father that wanting to share his heart and everything that he's learned up until this point with his son. A teachable person embraces discipline, number three. I don't know of anybody that likes to be disciplined. Maybe it's because we bought into the lie that discipline flows from rejection or condemnation. In other words, when when you're disciplined, you receive this message that somebody doesn't like me or somebody doesn't care about me. Maybe you've disciplined your kids or you've been disciplined before. You've had to discipline an employee and you've heard the words, you just don't like me. You just don't care about me. Maybe you didn't hear those words, but maybe that's what they were thinking. Maybe that was what you were thinking when you were walking through that time. Maybe you felt that way when when you were receiving correction. And instead of receiving the discipline that was meant for good, you fought against it. Instead Instead of longing to grow and learn from it, you grew bitter and angry and resentful. That speaks to us, doesn't it? Doesn't that speak to us? 
Because how many times have we been at that place and instead of receiving that instruction, that discipline that was meant for good, how many times have we fought against it? And how many times have we pushed against it? And how many times have we became angry and resentful and bitter? Solomon would say in Proverbs 15, 32, if you reject discipline, if you reject it, in other words, you push it away, you only harm yourself. And let me just say, when you reject discipline, not only do you harm yourself, you harm those that are within your close proximity, your family, your friends. See, teenagers, if you're here and you're listening, I know there are teenagers working in the back and all over the place. But see, teenagers, when you reject discipline, what you do is you hurt your parents, you hurt your siblings. See, parents, when you reject discipline, what you do is you hurt your children, you hurt your parents, you hurt your friends. That's what it does. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. You grow in understanding. Proverbs 12, 1 says, to learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid. I didn't use that word. It's in the Bible. It's stupid to hate correction. But when we're willing to endure that time of difficulty, when we're, during, and we're willing to embrace and trust the pain of discipline, we can experience the results of growth in football when I was growing up. And I don't know, they don't make shirts now like they used to make shirts. I think they just used to, it used to be a whole lot cheaper way, but it was more expensive. But they used, we had a shirt that said, no pain, no gain. You remember that? No pain, no gain. So when the boss comes in and he disciplines you for constantly being late instead of complaining under your breath about how late he always is and talking to others about how upset you are, how unfair he is. Doesn't he know that, that I'm a good employee? Why is he talking to me? Because he never does what he's supposed to do. How many times do we need to humble ourselves and receive that discipline and correction? See, that's the attitude of a teachable person. They're willing to listen, willing to embrace discipline. And you might say, but Pastor said, you don't understand the circumstance. See, you just don't, you don't know my circumstances. And let me just say this right here. Even when you're treated unfairly, you can choose to embrace discipline and exercise wisdom. And I will tell you this, there's growth in that. Amen? Yes. I've told you this before. I had a lot of spankings growing up. And it wasn't because I was mean. I was never mean. I wasn't nasty. I wasn't mean. Let's just call it mischievous, okay? Is that a good word? That sounds better. Jordan, it sounds that's Jordan, mischievous. See, like you're mischievous, I know. See? So, mischievous. so I got a lot of spankings. And I always remember the time I've told you the story before. I remember the time I got a spanking and my dad found out. And listen, I got spankings. I didn't get beaten. There is, I, I agree with spankings. If you don't agree, that's okay. Uh, listen, it didn't hurt me. I got a good spanking every once in a while. I needed it. It's helped me out in life. Amen. Some of you go, well, that's not that. Listen, you got to take that up with Jesus. Don't take it up with me. But I got spankings. I was disciplined. I didn't like it at that moment in time, but I look back and I say, well, I needed that. But I, I remember the time that my dad spanked me and he found out that I didn't do what he thought I did. And I said, don't you feel bad for, for, for spanking me? And I didn't even do it. And he said, no, I don't feel bad. He said, that's for the time I missed you. <laughs> true statement, true statement. Proverbs 13, 13 and 14 says, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect the command will succeed. The instruction of the wise is like life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. 
You know, if we want to experience that abundant life that God has prepared for us, that's been offered through Christ, we have to fight against our feelings of rejection in those moments of discipline. We got to fight against those, those feelings of failure and being hurt and choose to embrace discipline and be teachable and receive that correction. Let's look at number four. A teachable person will take initiative. See, the teachable person isn't afraid to ask for help. Men, they're not afraid to ask for directions. Uh-oh, uh-oh, calm down, I know. Yeah. You know, instead of getting angry or instead of getting bitter because your peer, your, your coworker gets a promotion. So let me tell you what the teachable person does. The teachable person goes to the boss and says, listen, is there something that I need to be doing that I can improve so that I can become a better employee? Amen? Yes, very much so. See, one of the most practical books in the New Testament, the book of James, the brother of Jesus who, who, who wrote it, uh, says that we are to be slow to speak and quick to listen in verse 19. But prior to that, in James chapter 1, verse 5, he would say this, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Take the initiative, ask him for it. Ask him. In other words, don't be afraid to admit that there's a need. Be confident and take the initiative and go to God and ask him for help. Maybe, 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 it's, maybe it's not just to God. Maybe it's to someone else. Because it's that attitude and it's that posture of the heart that is a demonstration of a teachable spirit. Um, think about it. Every one of us in this room has space to grow. I don't care who you are, what you learned, all the experience that you may have, you know, what degree you may have. Every one of us has space that there's an opportunity for us to go. How do you think your spouse would feel if you were to approach them and you were to ask the question, is there something that I could do so that I would be a better spouse? That's a good question, right? So I know that you're going to ask that this afternoon as you leave. <laughs> what about if you were to go to your employer what about if you were to go to your employer and say, listen, I, I just want you to know, I want to do a better job as an employee. Um, what is it that I can do? Are there any things out that I can do so that I can, be, I can do a better job? Do you think you might get any positive feedback on that? Is that an amen? Yeah. How many employers do we have in the room? Do you think, you know, Bower Socks, is that a good question to ask? It's an incredible question to ask, isn't it? Absolutely. Is there anything that I can do that, that would help me be a better employee? Maybe as a boss, maybe you go to your employees and say, hey, listen, is there anything that I can do that would, be, that would help me be, become a better leader, a, be, a better boss, a better employee? Maybe it's not your spouse. Maybe it's not your boss. Maybe it's one of your friends. Maybe it's your kids. Hey, kids, is there anything that I can do as your parent to become a better parent? Because I want to be the best parent that I can be. And the point is this right here. The teachable person is willing to take the first steps to take the initiative. See, the, the teachable person isn't just about taking the initiative, but it's also, and here's the fifth point, the teachable person has follow through, execution. You know, when we talk about initiative, there's another step, and it's the implementation of that which you learn. James would go on to say in verse 22 in chapter 1, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Don't just listen to it. Put it into practice. Do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. How many, of us though, how many of us though come inside these doors, whatever door it may be on Sunday mornings, and we hear what it says, yet we don't put it into action? 
It's easy to collect the information. It's so easy to collect all the information, but what do we do with that which we receive? By a show of hands, how many of us have gone to the doctor because something was wrong? And the doctor said, this is what you need to do. And we walk out the office and we never do it. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. How many of us at some point have paid for some type of instruction? Maybe it's guitar lessons or piano lessons, or maybe you've went to a counselor and they've told you exactly what you needed to do, but you walked out and you didn't do it. I mean, piano, you know, here your, your mom and dad or whoever's paying for these piano lessons and you go and you get your piano lesson and the piano teacher says, listen, what you need to do is now you need to practice one hour every day for this week. And when you come back, we will pick up where you left off. Okay. Yet you go home and the next time you show up is the next time you put your hands on a, on a piano. Why do we do that for? I mean, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it so much. How many of us claim to be a follower of Christ, yet, and we know baptism is an important part of our relationship with God, an outward expression of what's going on on the inside, and even though we know the importance of baptism, we still are, have a reason why we've not followed through. Proverbs 3.10 talks about something else in reference to wealth and, and our resources. Proverbs says this, honor the, your Lord, honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the best part of everything that you produce, yet how many of us in our minds say that God is the owner, yet with our actions, we still act like we own it all. And here's the point. To go spiritually, we can't just receive the information, but somewhere along the line, we've got to put it into practice. We've got to get out of the stands, get into the game, and use that which we've been given. Not just hearers, but doers. See, and I said this last week, God's purpose for our lives, people, is so much bigger than just coming on Sunday mornings. Man, if you do that, you're just buying into the lie. It's so much bigger. His abundant life and what he has in store for us is so much bigger and larger. And lastly, here's the last point, and write this down. A teachable person inspires others. Write that down. A teachable a teachable person inspires others. When others see us living out the attributes of, of a teachable person, when others see us living in humility and acting that way, living that way, what ends up happening is that we begin to inspire others with our actions. James, going back to James again in chapter 3, verse 18, and it says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And when we're teachable, what we're doing is we're setting an example of what it looks like to live wisely. And as a result, what we're doing is we're planting seeds into the lives of others. See, you want your kids to grow up to be wise. You know how you do that? You take what God gives you, those wisdoms, those nuggets, and what you do is you live it out. And as a result, your teachable spirit, your humble spirit, your prideless attitude ends up impacting the lives of your children. See, I don't know if we understand the significance of what we teach in the home, not by what we say, but by how we choose to live. Amen? But I was really weak. What were you all so weak for? Do you understand that how you choose to live, the decisions you make, the choices that you make in the home, 
is so much more important than what you tell your kids. How they see you live is what the legacy you'll leave. Amen? Amen. Yeah, that's right. You can clap. That's a big deal. Let me tell you something. Bringing your kids to church, no, live it out every day. Live it out. Live it out. Choose to live it out every day. Don't miss this. When we are teachable, our lives will inspire others to think about where they could be instead of focusing on where they are. See, maybe I, maybe I can be a better employee. Maybe I can be a better spouse, a father, a, a friend, or a devoted follower of Christ. Solomon would say this, listen, get all the advice and instruction you can. In other words, be teachable, soak it up, be a learner, embrace it, seek after it. Why? He said, so that you will be wise the rest of your life. And, and here, here we are, here we are at the nugget of truth. This is a nugget of truth for today. Humility, humility leads to teachability. A humble spirit leads to being a teachable spirit. See what humility does in our lives is it opens up the doors for us to not only trust Christ, but for us to be able to obey him. When Paul was talking about a new life in Christ in 2 Corinthians, when he was writing to the church at Corinth, this is what he would say in chapter 5, verse 15. He died talking about Jesus. He died for some, many, most, a few. <laughs> no, that's not what he said. He said he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life out of a humble spirit, they recognize that they're not in control, that he is. They're willing to humble themselves. He says that they will receive his new life and they will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for, for them. But to receive Christ, there's got to be that humbleness of, of spirit. There's got to be that humbleness of spirit. And there's a connection between this new life and Christ that we talk about in a teachable spirit. Because when we come to grips with what Christ has done, the depths of his love and the, and the, and the, and the distance he's gone to pay the price for our sin, it's so much easier for us to say, I give it to you, Jesus. I humble myself. I submit myself to you because I trust you. Because let me tell you this, and this leads into this song that we're going to sing. Everything that's in this book that talks to us about the Lord and his faithfulness, listen to what I'm telling you. If you didn't know this, it's trustworthy. Do you hear me? See, every, everything, that, everything that's in this book is trustworthy because he's faithful and true. And he's a man of his word.
you said it, we believe it. If you said it, if you said it, we believe it. If you said it, 
We believe it if you said it. Let's sing that together. If you said it, we believe it. If you said it, if you said it, we believe it. If you said it. While you remain standing, you know what pride does? It keeps us from being teachable. And as a result, we miss out on the blessings of God. But not only the blessings of God, what pride will do, it'll, it'll keep us and move us away from experiencing the greatest blessing of all, which is the gift of salvation, which our Heavenly Father bestows to every one of us who are willing to believe. Amen? And today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, right where you are, you can pray, humble your heart, and say, Jesus, man, I want to give my life to you. I want to trust you. I want to learn from you. I want to grow in you. I want to mature in my life. I want to become that teachable person that we've talked about today. Right there where you are, you can make a decision to follow Jesus. And listen, <laughs> your courage will stick out. And the truth of whether or not the validity of that decision is whether or not you're willing to come and to talk to me or one of us and say, listen, I just want you to know the day I made a decision for Jesus to step out. Not because of somebody else, but I just want you to know that today I made that decision to trust Jesus. And if that's you, that's the most important you'll ever make. Most important decision. I had a young man come to me this morning. He said, Pastor said, I made a decision for Jesus two weeks ago at youth camp. And his mom just sat with me and she said his whole demeanor, his whole attitude, his whole, everything about him has changed since that moment. And I said, that's what Jesus does. Amen. So if you're here today, and that's where you are. Today is the day. Man, today is the day. Don't walk out. Today is the day to say, yes, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. Would you pray with me today? Father, as we prepare to leave this place, Lord, we're just asking that you would encourage us on this journey. Help us to have a, have a, a teachable spirit. Father, would you deal with the pride that may be within us because that pride destroys us. It keeps us from being teachable and being a student and learning and growing and maturing and becoming that wise person that we are to come. But Father, if there's someone here today that have never trusted you, even this morning, would they say, today is the day that I wanna step over and that I wanna give my life to Jesus. No more, no more. Jesus, do I want to live trying to do it on my own? But I want to take my life. I want to place it in his hands, and I want to trust him. That's what I want to do today. Today is the most important day for maybe at least one, two, or even those that may be listening to my voice online. This can be the most important day of your life by choosing to trust Christ. As we walk out these doors, help us to be wise people, help us to be teachable, help us to be your ambassadors for Jesus so that this world knows that there is truth and that our Heavenly Father is trustworthy and that He's faithful and that everything that we find in His Word, that is truth, and He's a man of His Word. Thank you for the privilege of your word, for this time together, for the praise and worship, for the celebration that we have. Now use us as your instruments in peace in this place of darkness. May we be light in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said it, we believe it. You guys have a great day. If you said it, we believe it.